Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. From adultery to adoption, let's follow Joseph's obedient journey in passages from the Gospel of Matthew. The story of Joseph's response to Mary's pregnancy through the Holy Spirit reveals profound insights into ancient Jewish culture, marriage customs, and the significance of Joseph's obedience. By diving into the background and cultural nuances of this passage, a fresh perspective is offered on Joseph's reaction by the Protestant Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm reading through Matthew, starting at verse 18 of chapter 1. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. You know, there's a number of questions that come up from this passage every time I read it or teach it or talk about it in Bible study. And if I'm honest, when I've read it in the past in my own personal study, there were some questions that I had. And maybe you've had some of the same questions as well. One of the things that I often thought about is whether or not an engagement would require a divorce. And, you know, I think that's a normal question when we're looking at it from our Western modern perspective. But even though scripture was written for us, it was not originally written to us. It was written to an ancient people group that existed a long time ago in a different kind of culture. So when we read the scripture, we have to consider the way the original audience would have heard it or understood it. So it's really important to understand some of the customs of that time frame. So if I'm asking that question about whether an engagement requires a divorce, I have to look through the lens of the time that this was written. In the Jewish culture, and remember, this is the Jewish culture we're talking about because Jesus was just coming on the scene. We can't even say Jewish Christians because they didn't believe in Jesus yet. This was the very, very beginning. So we're talking about a Jewish culture. In a Jewish culture, engagement was legally binding. The marriage customs of the Jewish people at the time had two stages. The first stage was the engagement stage or the betrothal stage, as it would have been called. And in that stage, they would have chosen a spouse, and that was usually aided by the parents. Sometimes they chose themselves, but more often, it was the parents that did the arrangements. And the parents of the man would choose a girl to become the wife to their son. And typically, that happened as young as ages 12 to 13 years old for the girls. The boys would have been maybe a little bit older, maybe closer to 18. But again, still within that time frame, they would have been very, very young. Once someone was selected, there were official arrangements made, and it would be a formal agreement with witnesses, and they would enter into this legally binding contract. The man would then have legal rights over the woman. So at that point, that contract could only be broken through divorce, and that would have been a legal process. At that point, they would use the terms husband and wife, even though they weren't married yet. There would be no intimacy yet. 
But if there was any sort of unfaithfulness during this stage, it would have been considered adultery. The punishment for adultery in that culture was stoning. That was more rare, but it was on the book, so to speak. And even though we don't hear a lot about stoning in the New Testament, it did happen. It was a serious offense to commit any kind of adultery during this engagement stage. And even went so far as if one of those people died, they would have been called a widow or a widower. It was really close to marriage, even though it wasn't quite considered marriage. And then after a year, that's when the second stage would happen. And that's when they would have the formal wedding ceremony and the formal marriage. If we think about this in terms of the culture, Joseph would have initially thought that Mary committed adultery. So as a righteous man, the scriptures say that it was appropriate for him to divorce her. In ancient Judaism, when Jesus is coming on the scene, this is scriptural, Divorce for adultery was not optional. It was mandatory. In fact, Jewish law, Greek law, and Roman law all would have required Joseph to divorce Mary for adultery. There was no option for a second chance. And the reason for that was adultery produced something within the marriage, a state of impurity that essentially spiritually dissolved the marriage. As a righteous man, Joseph had to divorce her because otherwise it would be condoning the sin of adultery. Or so he thought. We know that Mary didn't commit adultery, but at this point he did. So he really had two options as a righteous man. He had the option of making it known publicly and she would be disgraced and humiliated and she would be labeled an adulteress and she could even be stoned according to the Jewish law. Or the second option was he could divorce her quietly which was really the only option for someone who was righteous because it would save Mary from public humiliation and possibly death. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The law didn't require that the divorce would be made public. It would only need to have a couple of witnesses. But even still, what we see in Joseph is he didn't respond in anger. He didn't respond in a smear campaign. He didn't respond the way that I think a lot of us would. But instead, he made a plan to do it quietly. I think even that is a mark of his character. The shame that comes to people that have been dealt a hand that they didn't want for people that are facing divorce because of adultery, the shame that we carry is not biblical. In fact, staying in that marriage would be an endorsement of adultery. I just want that to sit with you for a minute because I think that's opposite of what we often learn in the church. A lot of times that's done. It's well-meaning. People want to save marriages. But when you felt like you had no choice, there's so much freedom in knowing that by standing up and saying, no, adultery is not right. And this is not what God wants for my marriage. 
we are in line with scripture. So moving on in verse 20, what we see is an angel of the Lord appears to him. Now, sometimes in the Old Testament, an angel of the Lord refers to God himself. But here it's referring to an actual angel. And we know this because the Greek word angelos means messenger. And so one of the angel's primary roles is being a messenger from God to people. And sometimes they would take on human form. Sometimes they were in angel form. But also dreams in that Greco-Roman world had a little bit different weight than it does, I think, for a lot of people now. And it was a common belief at the time that dreams were supernatural in the sense that it was communication supernaturally that could be divine, it could be evil, or it could be what you ate for dinner last night. But many experienced that because you have to remember this was before the Holy Spirit. This is before the incarnation. And so the way that God's spirit worked and moved at that time was a little bit different than maybe what's more common today. But in general, this was a much more common and much more expected and practiced understanding of how God operated. The angel goes on to tell Joseph that what was conceived in her was by the Holy Spirit. And so when the Old Testament writers refer to the spirit of God, they're talking about God's power. But in this instance, right here, this is the first mention of the third person of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And there's this recognition that the Holy Spirit is distinct from the Father and the Son, starting at the very, very beginning of Matthew's Gospel. In 1 verse 21, we see that his name shall be Jesus. I didn't know this for a long time, that the name Jesus was actually a really common first century name. And it came from the word Joshua. Yeshua is what the translation would be. It means God is salvation. We have to remember that in that time frame, names were symbolic. And in fact, this is another indication that this was a period of time where the people were longing for this rescue from the promised Messiah. So there was this expectation that the Messiah was going to come and save Israel from this Roman oppression. And it was during this time frame that the angel makes it clear that salvation is the sin from the people of Israel is what they need, and Jesus is going to be the one to deliver it. In verse 23, it talks about how the prophet Isaiah prophesied that he would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And maybe that's a little bit confusing for you. It was for me, because I couldn't find any place where Jesus was referred to as Emmanuel other than right here. So that confusion can be cleared up by understanding the function of those words. And you have to remember that if you're reading in English, you're reading a translation, and it's a translation of either Hebrew or Greek. And at that time frame, it could have been both. It could have been a little bit of Aramaic because we know that they also spoke that in Galilee. Really, what we're looking at is what the heart of Isaiah's message was. The name Jesus talks about what he does. It means God saves. And the name Emmanuel talks about who he is, God with us. So when Isaiah says he's going to be called the Emmanuel, he's meaning he's going to be called God with us. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. 
Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calatrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calatrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calatrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.